declare your independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! time we get a chance james corbett corbett report.com corbett report now james did a a video piece that was very very useful and, and of course it you know benefited you know a lot of attention we got for the newspaper and so on but it encapsulated exactly the reasoning and the support behind us doing a physical newspaper i've been doing this for 30 years our first one we did back in 92 is called citizens taking initiative and what it was was all the initiatives political initiatives that we would file with the secretary of state and we had one year we did like 36 of them you know this is what we would do when we did that about a third of them became bills some of them passed concealed carry in arizona was originally uh one of the initiatives that we filed and a political pact that we did with it was called Second Amendment is for everyone. Safe. Are you a safe gun owner? Are you an unsafe congressman? I mean, so we had a lot of fun with these newspapers, and it was very impactful. And um, going, bypassing the man and what's coming has always been what Freedoms Phoenix is about, which is why we use alternative tech and don't put our stuff on Amazon's cloud that went down today. <laughs> you know, so these are the kinds of things that we avoid. And I got to give props to my audience, my friends, our supporters, and our donors that have followed our vision to not take the easy way out. This, this, I, I am so appreciative of the people that have supported our vision. And I just put on our Telegram, you know, for the first time in forever, nobody's really knows me. It's at the bottom of Freedom's Phoenix. It's a tutorial that I did over 10 years ago on how Freedom's Phoenix is structured and what it does. If you go to the bottom of freedomsphoenix.com in that, you know, link box, it's down at the bottom on the right side. It says list of tutorials and you go in there and I'll show it up here. We'll put it in the uh, show notes, but it is a uh, lots of new subscribers. Here's your answers. Well, it's like the second or third one down, and it's a video that I had done going through every link on Freedom's Phoenix. It's only about 10, 12 minutes, but it goes through all the power that we had in Freedom's Phoenix at the time of the Levolution. This is right after that. You know, this is, you know, 08 to 9, 10, around in there. And what happened was we could see big tech coming to suppress everything that we had been doing. James Corbett 
was a perfect example of this, and we were shocked and wondering just how much he was in with the man for not getting banned on YouTube earlier, okay? So what happened is, and then he did, so now you're cool, you know? <laughs> so this has been something that we articulated the need for the way that we're going to be using Freedoms Phoenix in 22 was why we constructed the, constructed it the way we did. And this newspaper, I'm so proud of, that I ordered an additional 5,000 copies. Because once you get over the initial 10,000, it goes down to 10 cents a copy. And I go, yes, I will get more. And if, you know, we got probably a couple of days before they start printing. So if you guys order a whole bunch, you need to go, we got, you know, information on there. Derek's doing the shopping cart and all that. But you can go to join us at the very top of Freeman's Phoenix and you want to get a bunch of them, do it now or just send donations and we'll print a bunch more because we already have, you know, at least five, 8,000 that we know is gone to different groups and people that are going to distribute them already and around the country. And mainly, Don and I are going to take the love bus going around. In Arizona, all the small communities, we've done this before, but now we got a love bus. We're going to be a butt head. James, I got to say thank you for doing that video and articulating the importance of this. The It's done. We have it transmitted. The PDFs are there. You can see what it looks like. You can see the table of contents. You can read it online. It's ready to go. The only thing missing is because we just have low bandwidth is the InDesign file template for people to make their own paper. Derek has that, and he may have already done it. I mean, you know, he's doing it tonight. So he'll take care of that. But we're finally done, and Don and I, as soon as we get done with this show, we're going to go sleep because we haven't slept in days. James Corbett, thank you for doing that. You got to look at it. We sent you a copy. You know, what's your first impression? What do you think? It looks awesome. I am uh, very excited for this, and I hope that came across in my video. Hey, I did the easy part. I just made a video about it. You did the hard part of actually making this. Well, Donna so my did hat's a off lot of you, hard but, part. <laughs> well, I, I hope people do understand the importance of this, and I think people do, because I got a lot of good feedback on that, that a lot of people said, yeah, either they're doing things, not newspapers, but I got some a lot of people talking about, oh, I, I get these cards printed up and put them in windshields and that kind of thing. Or uh, I did get a few people saying, this is a great idea. You know, I want to start doing this. So I hope, I hope, let this be the Johnny Appleseed spreading this idea all over the U.S. Um, you know, this is, it's so important, especially now. This is like return to 1990s activism, but in, you know, because we have to, because we have to start getting around the online censorship. And this is a good way of doing it. You know, I remember uh, one of the things, um, uh, the newspaper editorial page editor of the Arizona Republic. The name, I think his name was Paul Schatt. And he spoke at the Arizona Breakfast Club. And I remember we used to do written questions that went up. This is in the late 90s. And one of the questions that I sent up and they asked, how many weeks before the internet replaces the printed newspaper? You know, just to be a jerk. And he goes like this. He says, I can't, I can't believe he said this. I'm like, tape, please. Because it was videotaped. And he said this. He goes, you need a conservative paper like the Arizona Republic and a conservative editor like me to tell you what you need to know. And I go, what? Well, the Internet comes, and of course they say, oh, that's all crap, and you, it's not verified, and newspaper didn't print it, so it's not true, you know, that kind of crap. And as activists, we knew they were lying sacks of snot from the beginning. 
So, but a printed newspaper, if the newspaper did their job and wouldn't just kowtow into the car dealership and the you know real estate developers, you know, if they did their job, they would be really worth something. Some newspapers did, and they get attacked. The reporters that BS their way into Russia Gate and freaking whatever the hell, you know, they are the ones that get awards and they get their you know Peabodies mm-hmm. or whatever the hell they'd get. So I'm just. I, it's, it's so necessary that small community papers actually start coming back and serve the community with news. I mean, report the high school game. I don't give a crap. You know, just don't lie. So this has been a resurgence that we are going to, and we've had this impact before in the 90s. When we really were going all around the communities, it forced them to be better. In fact, we print at the printing presses of these small communities. So they know. They're not stupid to what they're printing. You know, this has been, it's going to be a resurgence of this. And the Freedom's Phoenix tutorial, you look at the powers that we put on there. How, because keep in mind, after the Levolution, the Ron Paul thing, we were heavily involved. We would get, you know, massive um, traffic on Freedom's Phoenix. We go, all right, now's the time. We will go ahead and be our own social media. It has all these tools. And when you go there and you look at that, you'll see. When we did that, that's when we got hit. The trolls came in, you know, bam, every conceivable attack that they could come after. And, of course, we had all the solutions where you just go on the cloud. You know, we'll control your data for you. Pinky swear, you know. And we're just, and I had supporters that were, and I go, I'm not comfortable doing this. I don't want, we need to find another way to scale. And they're like, we're with you. And it was the, the financial support continued, and we were able to build and go into other things like IPFS and develop different stuff. But the infrastructure for Freedom's Phoenix was always there. This newspaper, which, you know, right in the first opening page, there's James Corbett. I mean, you know, yeehaw. And, and you know, he and I are on the same page. I am so proud of this newspaper and the amount of effort that we put into it. It is the perfect, the right kind of, you know, um, our, the discussion is the right issues, it's the right authors, and it is very, very useful, I think, for the kind of activism that we're going to be doing. Because 22, this is it. You know, I, I'm, you know, it is the, I, I don't know what we're going to wind up calling it, but it's a freaking 22. You know, ooh, it's a 22 long. We're going long in 22. <laughs> yeah, we'll come up with something. But this has been, uh, you get a time, you get time to read it. You'll see why I'm so excited about it. So I hope you guys will make a lot of orders so that we can, because, man, when it gets down to 10 cents of freaking issue for 40 pages with color, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, that's why we wanted to do newsprint. So I'm encouraging you guys to go check it out. You go to the top of Freedom's Phoenix. You know, here, and I won't let, you know, freaking James talk one of these days. All right, here we go to the top of Freedom's Phoenix. And you'll see, you know, this is the edition. That's not what the cover looks like. Now, but you can go like this. You go, you know, PDF download. I'm afraid to with, you know, freaking the bandwidth the way it is now. But, um, you know, I probably shouldn't do that, you know. But um, you go in, you can download what it looks like. And these are all the articles. Now, keep in mind, you know, James Corbett, Larkin Rose, Alessandro Fusillo, Fusillo from Italia, which is a libertarian movement, speaks in front of hundreds of thousands of people at a time. 
in Italy and in Europe. He's a lawyer that has law practice in Berlin, Madrid, and Rome. He's awesome. He's a good friend, and he's just kicking ass. Then we have, you know, farm mats, the future of food, private membership associations, how we can structure ourselves and without the man. Karen Katowski, she was in the Pentagon when the missiles, plane, whatever the hell happened on 9-11, you know, hit. And she had a lot to say about that. And she, you know, knew what was coming and worked in by the office where Cheney and Rumsfeld was coming in. And she was outing them. She was, they thought it was some guy. They're just so, you know, had so much, um, you know, what, what's the word, um, uh, um, um, you know, masochism, you know, that they, they just didn't anticipate that it would be a woman that was beating the crap out of them online. So she retired as a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, and she is always a great uh, author, uh, has a lot to say. Paul Rosenberg, Bumper Hornberger from Future Freedom Foundation, Richard Grove, Doug Casey, John Whitehead, Mike Swatek has a lot of information on aircrete and building domes. He put his uh, a bunch of pictures up there. We have uh, John Simmons, you know, um, I mean, I'm sorry, Snizen. John Snizen is um, uh, economic truth. I mean, he's a great guest that we have. Tim Pachote. David Rodriguez, you know, they're on economics. David Rodriguez on separation of child and state. Um, you know, James Babb did a great thing on the use of Bitcoin from a user standpoint. Brittany Schaefer, which is the daughter of Butler Schaefer, which is a law professor that, you know, we uh, had published a lot. She is doing a lot of um, homeschool information and, uh, you know, promoting that. And she has a great article. Tim Fry, a Precious Metals uh, exchange out of Pensacola. He is talking about, you know, all the aspects of purchasing precious metals, which is great. Uh, Dr. Brian Sovereign, Sovereign Tech on some technology, you know, that's available to us. Dr. Alan Palmer on the 1,200 plus studies on, you know, on COVID and vaccines and everything. You know, the science is there. You know, Patrick Wood, Technocracy.News, the Common Sense Show with Dave Hodges. You know, he has, you know, great stuff to say. My son-in-law, Tim Gustafson, on, you know, how to, uh, when you go off grid, you're kind of vulnerable if you got to take helicopter rides. They really nail you. So we have this service. I wanted him to talk about it as one of the solutions to, you know, uh, for health care. And, uh, you know, Tina Marie is, you know, took over from... Um, um, the woman that you know, they suicided, you know, learned the risk. You know, she's taken over. She had an article, Vince Soprinowitz, you know, and uh, Stephen Lemon we put in the online version, but he didn't make the um, physical copy because it was just kind of off topic. But I wanted to, because he did submit something, we put him in there. And then, of course, I wrote something, Phoenix Rising. Now, uh, James's piece is on how to win the war on cash. They're coming after your money. So that was very useful. So this is a fantastic piece. And if you download it, I don't have the bandwidth to do it now out in the desert here, but you go and you see what it the, it looks like, the artwork on it, the way it's laid out. Donna did a great job. We went over and over and over and over and over this thing and finally got it done today, and we're going to sleep tonight. So this is just, I'm so proud of it. I'm so excited about the content that people supplied and it really got a big boost when James Corbett did a video on newspapers and the power of them and the way you brought in history was brought a tear to my eye 
I was so impressed. Thank you very much, James. Now you can talk all you want, and I won't say anything. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, yes, good. I'm glad, because this is something I've thought about a lot, and over many years. So I am very, very aware of the importance of printed material in the ability it has to change people's minds. So, yes, this is the revolution. Let's light it on fire. And just going through that list right there, I mean, there's a year's worth of Solutions Watch episodes right there. So if people are at all interested in the, the Solutions Watch ideas that I present, they should be interested in this paper, right? Yeah. No, this because there's so many. I, I tell you what the big thing is, is the philosophy. Any newbie, anybody that gets a, they know these things, but it comes from people that, and it wasn't browbeating the crap out of them. You know, like a lot of times in years past where it's like, ah, you moron, you don't get it. This was very very measured it wasn't meant to be non-confrontational you know but you know it wasn't intentionally confrontational it was just the truth and this i i i had the pleasure of having it all together and i got to do it first and now the paper's there for you guys but i read all the articles straight through and then of course you know you know donna did a lot of the editing and making sure whatever typos and that kind of thing so i didn't have to worry about that as much i mean i catch a couple of things but when you're editing it i got to read the entire paper paper straight through and walk away inspired you know it's all true it's all what's happening it's all it is going to you know this is a freaking thomas Paine common sense kind of thing I am so excited about this, and people get it. You can see it's Freedom's freaking Phoenix, man. Here we go. Woohoo! <laughs> it's a great title. It's nothing else. It's that is. I I'm thinking that's going to catch on. There's going to be people who are going to see that and be inter in instantly interested. And here's the other great thing. I've already had feedback from a few people saying, you know, the QR code thing. That's great. That's brilliant. Yeah. And I bet you people who come across this in a diner or something would do it just to check that out. Oh, that's cool. And then just check it out and see it. It'll come up on their phone or whatever. I'm sure there would be people who would be interested in that aspect of it alone. Yeah, you know, we had, um, you know, these are previous editions that we've done, and we used QR codes uh, too much. I mean, there were so many, every single hyperlink, but you can do it online and you can go do that. So we kind of did that, but we still had QR codes to the actual article and to the paper itself and to, you know, a, a lot of the other resources. On my article, I kind of put, because they went to some of the pages that we were talking about, because I can, I'm a publisher. But, you know, it. Um, um, I'm, I'm really happy with it. We took a lot of extra time to keep doing it. We go over it. We go over it. We go over it. Now, the first copy of the front page was kind of orange. <laughs> we had, you know, Matthew, I was like, whoa, man. So we kind of toned that down a little bit. But, you know, it was really, I don't, I, it, it's nice to be beautiful. It's nice to be, but, it, the, you know, you, you go through the paper and it flows I, I mean, it just flows. It's a tool for everyone, but it's an inspiration for other people to do this themselves. That's one thing I'm glad you emphasized in the video is that the templates there and the older ones, we have two different templates because they this is a same newspaper. They got bought out by somebody else with a different press and changed their format, kind of screwed us up, which is why we had to delay it another couple of days and re rework it. But what happened was now we have two templates for you to select from to make it easy for you to do your own paper and plus you can repeat and use our content you know use it, i don't care you know change the title and do whatever the hell you want 
this and make it localized, which is what a lot of people had done in the past. They would make it as theirs. You know, we're, well, can we plagiarize the snot? Plagiarize away! Woohoo! Open. That's why yeah. on page two it has copy left on there. Man, it's open yeah. source. You can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Awesome. No, that's that's so important. And it's I don't get why people don't get it. But yeah. Even if you were being 100% totally self-interested and, oh, you can't publish my stuff, even if you were like that, how, I mean, how much do you have to not understand the internet and what it is and how it works to think that putting it behind some special wall and you, you can't republish this is going to actually help spread your your personal brand, if nothing else, right? I mean, it's a great way to get it out to as many people. Yes, please use it. Spread it anywhere. Why would I stop you from doing that? You know, newspapers would come after us as we're an aggregator. Well, you're republished. I go, uh, you're welcome. I mean, yeah, what yeah, the hell? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that happened when I was doing the video reports for Global Research uh, TV. I remember there was one guy um, that uh, Michelle Chalcidovsky was dealing with. He republished one of his articles on Global Research and undoubtedly got it, you know, thousands and thousands of more views than it otherwise would have. And the guy was all indignant about it. That's my article. How how dare you repost it? He's like, Shut okay, up. you're welcome. <laughs> I'll so take it this down. Is, so people can see kind of how it looks, you know, and it's laid out. I'll just kind of scroll through it here. You know, yeah, Ron Paul didn't have time to write something, so we did an ad. And uh, I really, he's written for our magazine before in our newspapers. God, back in the early 2000s, we do newspapers. He, you know, have been polished. We have a lot of people that have been Bumper Hornberger. I mean, you know, a lot of great authors. And we have a lot of new ones, too, you know, that mm -hmm. have, you know, a lot to say. I couldn't, I, we, we published the Wild Bunch Dispatch, which is, um, I think, uh, Brandon Smith from altmarket.us. And I have it. If anybody knows how to get a hold of him, because I've done everything. We've had him on the show before. And he's in Montana, and so he just, he's just, uh, he's just writing, you know. And I'm like doing everything I can to try and get a hold of him. Hopefully, this will, this will do it. And you see over here, this not my debt. These were billboards, 14 by 48 billboards, when they passed the tarp. You know, we had those all over Phoenix and nine locations on freeways, and this is one of them. And it's a baby's being got barcode on their butt being scanned over a grocery scanner. And this is when they did. I go, you know, this is when my first grandchild was in my daughter-in-law's womb. And I'm going, they just put in this debt. It's not their debt. You know, they pissed me off so much that I took advantage of the downturn and got real super cheap billboard rates. <laughs> so we did them on freeways here just being a butthead. Then my daughter made this cake to stop wars when we started this Defending Archimedes, which was a homeschool effort that we did. That's a cake that she made. It was awesome. So we included that. And then, of course, we had T-shirts and the logos and stuff there. Now, you see the pictures over here. This is the equipment used to build the domes, you know, that uh, Mike Swatek is doing. And then we have, uh, you know, Etienne de la Boutille squared called last night. He goes, I've been telling about this for months. He goes, hey, can I still? I go, no, 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 no. So he's like, oh, please, please. Well, Donna goes, okay, I got some space that he can do. And I'm going, Ugh. So he got in at the last minute and freaking going to give me epic cash, you know, whatever. So <laughs> the um, uh, first letter of Dr. Aegis Barber made it in there. We had space. That's awesome. You know, Pirates got some love. You know, uh, Dr. Judy Mikevitz. So, so I'm really, 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 really happy. Where's the center page with all the color? You know, what the heck? 
This isn't the whole thing. There's more! But wait, yeah, there's more! I've seen more. that center page with the color. I remember it. You know, so it's, um, what the heck? I'm sorry, what? I loaded it from the page. Go go check and make sure that you loaded the right one, because damn, you know. What is the page number for the center spread? 20 and 21. Okay, let's see. We got 20 and 21. Because, yeah, we got, you know, pretty inside. 19, 22. The middle one's missing on this one. It's not there. Well, go check. You know, I didn't make it up. You know, so this is what we're looking at, you know, so that you can see. And this is without the pretty one. <laughs> With the center spread has, you know, a bunch of the color. Now, she's saying it's just taking longer to load. You know, because it's a PDF. Now, we got crap for Internet. But maybe we'll take a look at that later. You know, this has been um, such a pleasure to do, and I'm so excited. And I did a show this morning on another um, network, and um, um, and I yacked then, too. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to celebrate with you. I got a, I got a Sam Adams here. I'm just going to, because I can't. There you go. You know? I, All right, I, I uh, got a little dregs of my last coffee here. <laughs> yeah, what time is it there now? I'm wondering. We're at six thirty here, in Arizona, right now. What time is it there? Ten thirty a.m. Okay, so you're not, you know, dragging. You know, that's. Cool. Oh no, 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 no! I'm All just right. waking up. I'm, right. I'm going. All right. So, yeah, you the copy you got. You saw the center, right? You know. Yeah, I saw yeah. it. It was color. Yeah, yeah. so it, and that, that's party. So we'll, you know, hopefully it'll load up here, and you guys no. You guys got to go find it yourself and do it. Download it and make sure it's there. Got to tell people to go look. So spinning wheels. I'm sure because it's color, it's taking sweet time to download. If it's not there, you know, Donna, of course, will um, uh, make sure it gets loaded up. So this has been uh, a, a, it's a, hard, a lot of hard work. It always is. It always runs down to the wire. It's always like that. It's just the way it is, you know. But um, it is so powerful the authors in there and the message that it's a tool for you. And I think what I'm going to do, should I do it? Donna's like, I ain't doing it. You do it. But we do another paper. It's going to be on the activism that we've done, all the different things that we've done and access to the templates and things like our trash can flyers and different, you know, uh, activities and descriptions of how we did our activism and, you know, a lot of artwork and all that kind of stuff, because we've been so affected over decades that we just constantly are doing stuff. I think that's going to be, you know, the next thing that I do as a tool for everyone. If you go watch the tutorial, you'll see a lot of the uh, tools that are on Freedom's Phoenix. So this is, you know, with this inspiration, you know, how do you think this is going to play out in the next year, James? Good question. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had that crystal ball. Well, um, uh, okay, well, let's think of it this way. Let's think COVID is the new 9-11, right? Yeah. So 9-11 plus two years, essentially, we're looking at 2003. What was happening? I'm um, yeah, 2003 in the 2001 timeline, right? So if we're there, if we're in that part of the timeline, what was happening with regards to 9/11 at that time? That's when that was the point at which the real pivot started. I mean, they had of course introduced all the the the, the security, homeland security stuff for the terror state at that point. Um, but 
it wasn't until 2003 that the, they started to go for broke with Iraq and all of that, right? That was when they started spending all of that political capital from 9-11. So I think that's what we're going to see in the coming year. And the story that scares me the most about what is coming is the WHO has agreed to start negotiations on an international health treaty for the next pandemic, which is for my, in my mind, this is where it's been going the whole time. And so I think that's going to be the issue for the coming year is we're going to start to see the sort of broader bureaucratic geopolitical hardwiring of the biosecurity state in. So something like this, I mean, obviously it's what we've been saying this whole time. This type of information, like what you're showing there in the newspaper, is exactly what our response to this needs to be. There is no other response. There's nothing you and I are going to do to to in any way influence or shape the WHO's international health agenda. All we can do is create the communities that will be able to thumb its nose at that international health agenda for as long as you know we can hold out doing that. And that's dependent on how many people participate in this and how many people get this message. So I hope, my hope for this, at least for this particular idea on the newspaper front, is that it will be, many more people will start doing it. I really genuinely hope that that's the case and that, hey, every town in the US and hey, everywhere else starts having their own alternative, you know, monthly or quarterly newspaper or whatever it ends up being. I just hope someone will pick up that that uh, mantle. You know, one <laughs> of the things that we did when we did, I found it, I just showed half the paper here. I'll show you what I did. You know, uh, the rest of the paper is over here. <laughs> ah, right, yeah. You know, so I, I, it was all there. I just, you know, there's, a, there's twice <laughs> as much more paper left, you know. So, you know, here we go, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's, a, you know, the color center that we were talking about. So, you know, with pirates and everyone, we're having some fun. But the um, what we'd done, we had done a speakers bureau because we had our freedom summits. We had great speakers all the time. They needed to be out there. You know, and there's some pictures of, you know, uh, him doing his domes and so on, the love bus and the precariat, the pirate ship and everything. So this is, and there's the back. You know, that's one of the graphics that we did for the back. Won't you be my neighbor? So this has been um, uh, not just this. It has been that we have been supplying people with the template for it. And I'm thinking in addition to speakers that we have writers, because there's a lot of sites as an aggregator. There's a lot of places that I go for articles to put up. And original content we do a lot too. But to have supply of articles and things to put up for people doing these papers. Here's a bunch of It's like the Associated Press. That's what it was. The Associated Press was content for newspapers to do. So what did they have to do? They controlled the Associated Press, so they controlled everything that people read. This is we got to have a freedom component. You want we control what goes in the freedom message, and then you can pick it, don't pick it, I don't care. Yeah. But this, you know, is, actually, that is it. That really is it. We what? Yeah, that's a super important point. We really do need some sort of syndication sort of thing so that people will be able to drag and drop whatever into whatever template they've got whether that's a physical newspaper whether that's their own video blog whatever it is we need to be have this stuff so that people I and mean, yeah yeah that's a good idea it is a good idea especially if you're going to be having papers and i tell you, you know this is something like um oh i don't know if you know corbett kind of you know pays attention to it a little bit crap like that happens you know and I, yeah 
And you know what? We incorporate that with the RSS thing that we're working on, like with Float and other things. Hey, guys, make it so that you could get our RSS feed and it automatically posts and, you you know, we'll be on your platform forever. That's the key. It's all these platforms I got to sign up and, you know, upload individually. No, I've got enough of that. I tell you that the key, you know, really has been there's there is a lot of stuff and there there is a criticism of the Internet. It's like, oh, my God, it's everybody. It's just people just putting stuff up and they they don't know what they're doing and they didn't get a permission slip from the crown and have a press pass and all that kind of, so we really yeah. challenged that even in the, in the 90s we were mm. like press pass my ass I got a press pass called first amendment kiss my butt I mean we were really buttheads about it so this has been uh, what I see is freedoms of perspective which is why freedoms phoenix is an aggregator you know I you know, a lot of the stuff you know maybe from communist whatever the hell that I put up I go yeah don't you want to see look what this asshole said I mean you know so I think that us going through it and supplying a quality grouping of perspectives and articles and news feeds for people is great, especially when you have a newspaper that is local, that has these kinds of perspectives. You read this paper and you will see every one of these I support. Now, there's one that kind of went dark, and it was Vince Soprenowitz. He was a Las Vegas Review uh, Journal, which is the biggest paper in Las Vegas. I don't know if it's, you know, that large now. But, you know, it was the, the main primary newspaper in Nevada. And he was an editor there. And he had his own national column called The Libertarian. I remember, you know, he a lot of stories about this. He's a good friend. He used to be in Arizona. And we've been very supportive of him. And I, anything he writes, I put up. I asked him to write something that he wanted to share with this, you know, going this more rule, you know, advance, you know, and uh, he he was angry. I mean, it was, you know, the last couple of years of and I almost didn't put it in. We had and if it wasn't for the fact that I got to go every four pages, we had more than 36, but less than 40. I go, all right, then makes it, man, because I am always excited to put him in anything. But it's yeah. the only one that kind of was, you know, a little bit darker about voting, not voting. This guy I didn't care about that. But um, so I'm, I'm I'm glad he got to make it in there. But that would be the only one that's kind of a little bit out of place. But I know that there's a bunch of people that want to have that kind of venting, that are just pissed off at what's going on, where the rest of them are totally positive, And here we go. And this is with a lot of good documentation. This is, you know, James and I will think about this as time. We're always coming up with something. But I tell you, if we can encourage whatever, anybody out there, you're thinking of doing a paper, I will help make sure this out. Donna is like, screw you, because she's done. You know, maybe a couple days she'll feel better. But, you know, she's put so much effort into this thing. That if you need help getting going, we did all of the, a lot of the groundwork, and we know how to, who to talk to and what formatting information you need and a lot of the stuff that goes in. And you could, hell, you could just take, hell, the whole page and just change the header and call it yours. I don't give a crap. So this is something that you need to do in your local area. And if you just want to get a bunch of these papers, you can. Or maybe you would have us do it for you and just change the banner or, you know, who to 
send the check to for who wants to produce them in your community, I'm telling you, you will see the impact of a physical newspaper it has with people. It's a totally different mindset than just going online. It's a different experience entirely, but it's interactive with the Internet from the diner sitting there with the QR codes. We pioneered that. That's it. And let me uh, just put in a thank you to Donna. (laughs) I know she has probably been working a lot on this and putting up with you, which isn't always easy, I'm sure. So (laughs) I do appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, no. Are you listening? Yeah, she's like, thank you, James. You know? <laughs> so this is, I am I am excited about it. Do you yeah. have your mic? You want to go on, Donna, here? Yeah, go, go ahead. Come, come on. Thank take, you, James. Take some props. Appreciate it. You know, which one are you here? I have no idea. Yeah, that's you. C2. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so this is, you like doing newspapers sitting there for days? No, uh, I don't. I do not. This is not. I'm not much of a desk person, but it forces me to have to sit there for. I, I think the other day on Sunday, I started at 7 a.m. and I got done at like the next morning at 12, 12:20 or something. It's always it's like just, this. Yeah, it's a lot. It takes a lot out of me. Yeah, it it is. It is. You know, she gets props and gets to do whatever. What What do you want, baby? How many days of straight massage do you need? I mean, go to the spa or something, and um. But I want to make sure people that want to make use of this technology have the ability to, like, you know, James has been very encouraging to me, too. And you know, I just, when you did that video, we weren't really ready, you know, to have you promote it. I mean, now it looks like you could have done a lot better presentation, but I mean, you did great. The way you, you know, give us, the audience, your perspective on pamphleting and papers and stuff throughout history. You're a student of history. I mean, this is what you do. Tell me the power of this kind of thing. Yeah, this is one of the things that really um, struck me afresh when I was doing the the research for my mass media history course at uh, (laughs) Renegade University. Um, That was one of the things that really stuck out because obviously everyone by now knows that the movable type printing press, you know, Gutenberg's movable type printing press was extremely important in history, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it shaped the course of human history. It obviously shaped the course of civilization, you know, the Reformation, all these things were enabled by it. But one thing that really sticks out and that I mentioned in the course, I said, you know, if anyone's doing a, you know, master's thesis on history or something, here's here's a thesis for you. Um, follow the printing press and where it got established in various cities around Europe and how, A, how the governments there reacted to them and B, how those reactions shaped the, the future course of the and history the of that that place because um because of course one of the things that happened when the printing press started to take hold and started to be established in various places various crowns started to say oh no 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 no! you can't print anything you like whoa no hold on guys and they started in doing various forms of censorship so um in oh i'm gonna get the dates wrong here but in the 17th century anyway um uh, the british uh crown was well after they they got rid of the the star uh, chamber, you know, uh, the the king can prosecute anyone they like for anything they want. After they got rid of that, the um, the parliament put in their own censorship. Like, okay, no, we're going to take control of censorship. So they put in a uh, an act to control, and it meant licensing. If you were a printer, you had to get licensed to print by the parliament, right? 
And Copyright. So, so uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Milton wrote the Areopagitica, which is still considered probably the premier, the, if you read anything about free speech in the English language, it should be the Areopagitica. This was it. This was the big defense of why we need to be able to print. So people who are interested should check that out. But it speaks to the incredible power of the printed word in shaping shaping the course of civilization. And people always knew this and understood it. And um, and that's why it was, especially in the colonies in America, in the late 18th century, that's, that's one of the reasons that the American Revolution happened was because America not only had printing presses and access, free access to the printing press and everyone was printing everything, these political tracts were going around. It also had an incredibly literate society, um, which, as I pointed out in that video, common sense, if you added it up and put it proportional to the population and everything, it would be the 13th best-selling book of all time, if you put it into today's perspective. Wow. So it was a huge thing and it really shaped the conscience uh the consciousness of the american colonies at that time and made it from a civil war into a war of revolution that's that it really happened like that and almost on a dime in january 1776 you can chart the course of it and washington you know gave it out to the troops everyone has to read this tract and everything it was the thing that that launched that revolution it, it was, can happen again they and that's exactly to it. why they're cr cracking down on the internet right. printing press right it, now. it was it was referred to as the cause if you watch the patriot mel gibson's patriot you know the cause the, the cause the cause what they were talking about was Payne's common sense this was the cause why we're doing this you know, so you're for the cause. Well, what cause? What are you talking about? It had to be articulated. And I, I, I tell you the power of this. Our first newspapers that we did, uh, this is taking initiative, you know, for all the initiatives that we were filing. Um, we, I think it was our second edition. We've done several, but um, early 90s. So this is 92, 3, around in there. The Arizona Republic Editorial Board brought me in. They wanted me to talk to them along with the state chair of the Libertarian Party. And I wasn't, you know, registered Libertarian at the time. I was independent. And uh, and brought him in, um, Rick Tompkins. He was the state chair. And we sat there, and there was like a dozen of the editors, the whole editorial board. They were like, well, all right, well, what is it that you want? You're mucking up our plans here. You're, you're, you're pissing off legends. You're getting the people all riled up, you know. You know? And the deal that they offered us is if we would pick two issues, they would champion those if we would shut the F up on everything else, okay? And then we're going, you guys have no idea what's coming. Because a lot of the stuff that we, we hadn't even started focusing on, they didn't know what was important. It was two primary issues that were really hot at the time. It was, well, it was a few, but the ones that really got it going was concealed carry, you know, the gun rights, and um, education, you know, the freedom, charter schools, vouchers, you know, pulling out of the school system. Those were the two main issues, and I think they knew it. They always wanted to take away your guns, and they wanted, it was a teachers association, you know, union, that kind of crap. But there was fully informed jury, there was the debt, there was private property rights, there was all kinds of stuff that we had 36 initiatives and the front page of the newspaper that you know they kind of snuck by him or something he goes second legislature convenes which they meant the people us so this is we have had a big impact 
with a freaking itty-bitty little, just a bunch of activist newspaper. And on the front page, I misspelled because we did a, um, a medical freedom thing with dental hygienists. You know, we made a big deal out of that because why does it, they're going to clean your teeth. Why do they got to operate under a license of a dentist and they can't have their own van and go to the have clean your freaking teeth. So we made a big deal about it. They go, well, you just want to deregulate health care, don't you? I go, ding, 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 ding. Well, I spelled hygienist wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it didn't matter. I didn't care, you know. So fortunately, I got Donna, you know, helps with the spelling. But the thing <laughs> is, is that I never let that, you know, slow me down. Yeah, I, you know, I, my grand, I don't, I'm not a, you know, literature grad like you are, you know. I, but it doesn't stop me from being a publisher because I don't freaking care, okay. So I'm just, ah, don't piss me off. Well, this is one of the reasons why we know, you know the impact. Ernie, sidebar, but maybe not an unimportant sidebar. I, uh, you'll be pleased to know I'm not one of those uptight literary grads that are like, oh, I can't believe you misspelled that word. In fact, quite the opposite. I think um, that the grammar Nazis are, I mean, there's a reason we use the Nazi analogy of people who are that anal and uptight about spelling and grammar and things like that. It's because it is an authoritarian urge. It is an authoritarian urge that, that it, it comes from an understanding like, language is this thing that god has given us it exists out there somewhere and we have to follow those rules that have been set in the stars that we can't alter or or change in any way no language is an evolving thing that is constantly changing and the point is communication between other people so we have to express things in ways that people will understand and here's the thing that blows people mind people's minds when a mistake gets repeated enough and becomes the norm, that's the new rule. <laughs> that's how language works. Suddenly, the, the mistake becomes the right thing. And, you know, some great-great-grandchildren of yours will, will break that rule, which you think is a rule that shouldn't have been broken in the first yeah, place. You... It, that's a good thing. Language needs to change in order to survive. And I make that point because it does actually, I think, get to the authoritarian versus uh, freedom mindset. And I did an entire video about that once, just a few minute uh, little uh, cogitation on that. Um, something called the anarchy of language. So people can look that up in my archives if they want. It's an important point. The anarchy of language. You know, I, I give you a short story. Uh, when I started doing radio, there was a columnist in one of the papers that, you know, came up to me. We were at a, a function, you know, one thing. And she goes like this. She, you know, and we became good friends. She was, she was an activist. Uh, you know, they appreciated what we were doing. But she comes up and she says, you're you're saying it wrong. I go, those, I always say, those that. Well, it's those who. When you're talking about, you know, a person, it's those who. You know, not those that. Like when you, you support first, first responders that, you know. So I still made yeah, the same mistake right. later. It's sur those responders who. So we had to change the, the laser stencil and all this kind of crap. So she hammered on and my whole thing. I'm smiling the whole time. And I'm going... So you're listening to my program? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's uh, you know, because I'd say it all, you know, those that is, those that that, you know, as I'm doing yeah. my radio program. That's Scottsdale. one of those things that does that does that stop you from understanding what the other person is saying? It's like I can't understand what you mean when you say that you instead of Nazi. I can't imagine what you mean. No, it doesn't hinder the communication at all. Not one jot. Well, thank you. As a you know, literary major, 
you know, that's kind of surprising to hear from you. <laughs> and, uh, I'm a surprising guy. <laughs> you know, one thing, you know, let's bring that up a little bit. You know, you're, you're, you're a, you know, I, re- I remember the fact that that's, you know, what you studied and, you know, that has an impact on a lot of things. You know, um, the more I am exposed to the classics and so on, the more I can see the power of the word. And Shakespeare is, you know, freaking genius. I am just so enthralled by, you know, of course, I may do it by watching Henry V with Kenneth Branagh as a movie. But, you know, as you, you, you do do some reading or you're looking for phrases that's made it into our culture and everything, um, the power of the spoken word and the phrase of word pictures really has, and I'm glad that I had the extra time when I wrote my article, because I changed it a great deal when I went back for like the third time, and I just, you know, throw it up there and whatever, you know, and then I go back and I, you know, wordcraft it a little bit. But the writings of history, not necessarily political, you know, because a lot of the, the most scumbaggy, you know, had a lot of great things to say, but the ones that had the most impact on the human spirit that gave the why, the reason for this, like Thoreau stuff and so on, you know, what would you think you could name some that would be a, a literary major that you could, you know, were most inspired by? Uh, well, when you put it in that context, I'm thinking like old, you know, hundreds of years yeah. old kind of stuff. But, but uh, my interest was always in modern contemporary literature not uh basically 20th century back when i was studying back in the 20th (laughs) century um so that's where i I tend to go i did of course just uh uh, plug areopagitica so that would be a good place if people are interested in the sort of the literary precedent for a lot of the uh the free speech arguments that are made in the english language at least today um but yeah I, i mean i would say formative things for me uh were uh, Animal Farm, 1984, books like that, that I think started to implant some ideas that obviously flowered many years later. Because that's, uh, like, I look at something like in 1984 and I think, I remember reading that in junior high and thinking, yeah. oh, that you know, that's a cool idea, double think and all that kind of stuff, Crime Stop. But, I mean, that, We've always that's been just at war with Eurasia. <laughs> like, that doesn't really happen in real life, right? Tom. And then, as you go through life and you start to literally see this actually taking place before your eyes and literal, oh, here's a, the Orwellian memory hole is right here. So works like that, I think, probably seeded themselves in my consciousness at an earlier age. Um, but I'll, I'll put some thought into that. That's a, an important question. So maybe next week we can, you know, I can give you... You know, I would love to see a Corbett video on, you know, um, words that change the world or some crap like that. You know, yeah. and, and it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, there because when I... I, I give you an example. When I first went, and I just got pissed off in the late '80s, and you know, they them those you know being a pain in the butt. I went to the library, and I started. First thing I did is I read the Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Bill of Rights. Well, what's the deal? Declaration of Rights. That's why the show's called this. De- declare your independence. Constitution. I wasn't a fan. There's all this power they gave them, you know. And then the Bill of Rights. Everybody's going the Constitution. I'm not a big Constitution fan. They just might as well call him king, you know. So when I started reading some founders, I I hit Thomas Jefferson. Because I was kind of a fan of his in high school. You know, what would Jesus do or what would Thomas Jefferson do? I mean, he always had this power of the individual kind of thing. 
So when I started reading, they were so powerful words that I knew that they were going to determine my direction, that I was going to start quoting them and being, you know, just, yeah. you know, regurgitating whatever without yeah, actually yeah. living it. So I stopped. I mean, in one day, I just go, no, 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 no. These are way too influential. I want to experience it. I want to see what's really going on. So I became an activist. We did our lawsuits. We challenged election law. We did that. So a lot of my thoughts are mine. Then I have, you know, all these kind of back it up and so-and-so said. But all the stuff that I did, I the, probably the most influential uh, book that, you know, the uh, founder's writings was somebody that was uh, a supporter during the Revolution gave me the Anti-Federalist Papers. And I went, I'm going, oh, hell yeah, they saw what was coming. So there's so, you can be so influenced by these words. And I'm mm. wondering if we even should. I mean, we're through mm. a time now that I don't need somebody to tell me what's up. I'm getting it slapped yeah. in my face. You know, okay. that would be interesting. Well, uh, here's my thought on that. It's kind of tangential, but I think it relates. So right now I am uh, taking weekly lessons with uh, Vinny Caggiano, who is a guitar teacher slash music theory teacher. And my thought is, I for I mean, I enjoy music. I listen to music. I, I think about music and the way it's structured and things, but I don't know the nuts and bolts of, you know, the, the keys and modes and modal changes and all of this. I want to get the nuts and bolts of it. And uh, people might think, oh, you know, a lot of people actually have a, a, such an adverse reaction to actually studying something like music theory. No, don't study it. You just feel it. Okay, yes, that's true. A lot of the great, you know, uh, artists of the last half century, century, whatever, have not formally studied music theory, don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it. It just sounds good, so they do it. Okay, that's great. But it's not like people have this romantic vision that if you start learning about how it actually works and how things go together, that you'll, you'll lose your creativity or something. I think of it this way. It's like um, typing on a keyboard. Yeah. You can hunt and peck and type the greatest novel ever written, or you can use all your fingers and type the greatest novel ever written, which one is easier. You know, it's, it's about facility with, and knowing the sort of the tools that you have to help the, process go quicker so i think if you're studying the great words of these great thinkers you're taking this you might be taking a shortcut and yeah you have to want you know i don't want to be too influenced into something or else (laughs) but that's why you read widely you read a lot and that way you're not just overwhelmed by one particular voice that sort of subsumes your identity you find the different things that have been said by all these different people and you put it together in your own way and that's how you create something new i think there's something to be said for that and that's a great idea i should actually do uh, you know words that have changed history kind of yeah thing about that so let's recruit some people from the audience what words have changed your life and send them to me and i'll i'll incorporate that yeah i definitely watching that of course i watch everything you do anyway i'm a, I'm a <laughs> you know cor- oh i forgot to tell you i got an email just yes last night you know late and it was from a guy that watched the video of you interviewing Bob Anderson. Well, he works out at Palo Verde. Ten years ago, you know, 11, 12 years ago, when we were doing the the billboard, the big Ron Paul billboard at the truck stop out in, um, you know, west of uh, Las Vegas, east of L.A., out there, there's a, a Stucky's truck stop that's out there that got refurbed by uh, a couple of brothers, and they had two big, giant billboards. They were like seven, eight telephone poles each. I mean, it was big. 
they had that, and they were trying to get the campaign to, hey, we can put signs up. Well, the staff, they go, we'll just talk to Ernie. So I went out there. We drove up there, me and a friend, and we looked at it, and we had a tractor trailer out there. They had their sign on the building. They had, we probably did one, two, three, four, five, about six or seven big ass from the freeway signs for Ron Paul Evolution stuff, okay? So we went out there. He saw it on one of the forums, went out there and helped for a day, saw your video, knew uh, Bob's son that works out, Pal Verde, too, now Bob's retired, and he goes, and he wrote me this big email about how inspired he was by this and everything, and I go, yeah, well, you're going to love this, and I sent him the video that I had made of that. So if you go, Ron Paul Billboard on YouTube, it'll come up probably, you know, Ernest Hancock or something, you'll see that. It was an awesome video. And uh, he got that, and he was telling me about how inspired he was by your videos. You know, he's just like, it's all full circle, man. It always comes around. This is somebody that was inspired by the Levolution, you know, over a decade ago that participated. I go, yeah, and you're out Pal Verde now? Well, guess what? Bob used to distribute our newspapers out there. Guess what you're getting? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so that's what's coming. You know, one thing I wanted to uh, bring up, I made a note here. Um, I asked a, a friend of mine that, you know, big brain box, 200 IQ kind of guy. And, uh, and I asked him and I go, why is it that some combination of musical, musical notes are beautiful to us and others aren't? You know, and, and you can equate that to words. You know, the cadence of words of speech which oh, brings up something else, too, I want to tell you. But uh, why is it beautiful to us? Why, why, why do you go, you know, clunk, clunk, you bang on, you know, a, a piano, and you're not going, ooh, notes, you know, like little kids do. They just bang on, they don't care. You know, so I'm going, what makes them beautiful? And he goes, math. And I go, what? Yeah. what? And he's going, yeah. yes, the, the mathematic harmony of the mind of whatever the hell, you know? Yeah. So he tried to explain that to me. That would be something to incorporate into this because yep. it's the same music and the beauty and the movement and the inspiration you get from even a great melody yep. has the same thing, you know, with words and the yeah. cadence and the emotional yeah. impact. That's why you know, Ron Paul always said the future, you got a revolution, you have to have youth and music. And with, you know, mm -hmm. lyrics and so on, which is Jordan Page does, you know, such a good job of that. Absolutely. So, yeah, words and music, man. Why do you think yeah. it is? Yeah, no, th th that's uh, absolutely so important. And that's something I always keep trying to stress and uh, hopefully do stress in my work is that uh, words and music are absolutely two of the, the best ways to express. I also like visual artists who can put that in a, a meme, a sign, a graphic something that'll stick in people's heads. Absolutely any way you can communicate this information, you should. Yeah, music, harmonious, is, it has to do with the math, the uh, the proportions of yeah. the... The golden uh, rule, uh, you know, for visual well, stuff. Yeah, there's something to do with that. But here's another thing that's interesting, and I don't know how this applies, if we're thinking of this analogously, but, but um, any, I mean, you can hit two notes that sound horribly dissonant, and oh God, oh, that sounds horrible, but I've really found, and the more I look at it, the more it's absolutely apparent to me, no matter how dissonant and horrible a certain uh, harmony will sound, it can be justified in the context, like moving from this to a, a certain resolution or something. Absolutely any horrible sound can sound good in the right context. So think about that, because yes, 
certain things oh god oh no but when you put them in the right context you see them in a different way and they actually make sense i don't know how to you know, <laughs> i don't know what that analogy means given i'll what give we're you an example about. summer this last summer i remember we had a story on freem's phoenix that the number one selling album was a queen album okay and i'm going number mm. one yeah queen you know it's just because and i remember because i'm a big queen fan i use a you know a lot of it and you know in my uh show and stuff especially when i used to do live and they had in the studio man I'm, I'm always using a bunch of music and cuts and movie cuts and everything which i look forward to getting back to when i build my studio out my home and everything right. Woo, man i'm gonna bring out yeah. all the tambourines so but the um queen was so different in having just original stuff that was catchy you know led zeppelin a lot boston a lot of the classic now it's just some you know, freaking machine that they just spit it out and they just change the lyrics every now and then. And it's just, it's, it's yeah. no wonder classic rock and roll is so popular because this stuff sucks, you know? Yeah. And I'm going, yeah. you know, I say, you know, James Vladi, you know, media monarchy, I, I'm i sure he has a lot to, you know, add to this, you know? Oh, you know, I am sure he does. Yeah. No, it's, well, of course, anyone who knows will say, well, yeah, I mean, the commercial crap is all this manufactured crap. The real stuff is over here that no one's paying attention to. And that there's always good music being made, but you're right. The, the stuff that we're subjected to on the radio and whatever has been dumbed down to the point of utter inanity. And it is cookie cutter stuff. Really? And as I mean, there's that famous uh, Swedish producer or whatever who writes like 95% right. of all the top pop hits of the last 20 years have been written by this guy. And his there's team been and comedy his... routines about it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. You know, uh, a lot of the most popular songs is just this, you know, this this formula that they do. Four, cor four chords, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, um, I wanted to share this with you. Uh, we were up in Washington State, and, um, you know, we were friends with um, uh, Benny Wills, okay? Well, Benny and his wife, Sonia, are beautiful people. They're just, you know, freaking awesome. Well, they were actors, you know, in Hollywood. That's how they met. Well, she does voiceovers for a lot of stuff. And I said, you know, we need a voice for a reprisal. You know, uh, Letters of Mark and Reprisal. We've had some voiceovers done by Ben Stone. The Bad Quaker had done, you know, a couple for no, Letters of Captain Mark. And um, he was getting bad in health, and it was hard for him to do it. And uh, so I've done some of the voice for Captain Mark for, you know, radio programs that plays on Free Talk Live and so on. Well... I asked her, I go, well, if you want to do it, take a look at it. It's worth 100 bucks a, a letter to me, you know. Last night, she sent me all four of Reprisal's letters. I'm going to send them to you. They're MP3s. I'll just send them to you. I was brought to tears how good they were. And, and especially the fourth one, you know, Scuttlebutt, mm. is kind of complex concept that she mm. got the inflections just right. She did, and a lot of these are just amazing. Well, I'm looking forward to, I think I, I sent them to Derek to put them up on you know the letters of captain mark they'll be in there and you can listen to these it is beautiful what she did and i'm like oh my god it brought me to tears um uh how much can i give you i mean you know <laughs> it, it was awesome mm. so having the these these crafted letters that davi and i spent so much time on done by her so well now benny mm. may do the other you know the male voices and uh, and I have one that's Captain Kid that's a, a child that should be like twelve years old kind of thing. I don't know if she could do that or whatever. But um, we have so much art and material that has built been built up. Every chance I had an opportunity to incorporate a lot of these things 
for what's coming in 22. And I'm going, they have no idea who they pissed off. You know, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah. you know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to rock, man. Awesome. This is, we're going to have us some fun. And if this you're in it. on this, and hey, I tell, there, this is the time for it. Yeah. We need this now. It's Everyone. always timing. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to you. I mean, how motivated are you to do a inspiring words and music and tone and something yeah. like? I think hundred percent. I will do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm It'll really be better if other people will contribute some of their own ideas. But yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'm not even sh- sure what I would even say other than how inspired I am by people's words. You know, mm. watching yeah. your well, that's day- it. I just want to share some great, you know, some great passages. So I will read some things that have inspired me, but it would be more uh, fruitful if other people. Well, you're so that. inspiring. I mean, where do you, you know, what is the muse that you use and when you're doing your documentaries or you're writing your stuff that you're wanting to share with people you know you have a cadence i mean you have yeah a style yeah, that's you know true. where's that yeah. come from uh a number of things over the years i i i, re- I remember back so i always wanted to be a writer that was uh, essentially what i wanted to be since i was a kid and so i i found i always found when i was uh <laughs> when i was re whatever i was writing some you know story or something it would always always be some sort of copy of the style of whatever I was reading at the time. Because <laughs> when when you're reading a great, you know, some great writer with a really distinctive style, you can't help it. You just start to copy that style. Um, so the style that I've arrived at for my, you know, documentary writing and what have you is just a combination of things that I've read or heard or seen over the years. And <laughs> here's a surprising source, actually, for how for my article writing in particular that um i i always whenever i even mention this there are people like oh god (laughs) it's true roger ebert um (laughs) movie critic thumbs up film critic right read his actual uh, uh, newspaper film reviews his actual writing he was really good at that the little 500 words 700 words just the little things he had a great way of introducing something with a personal anecdote or some little story and then tying it up with that at the end that just makes it satisfying to read and it's it's just such a simple thing but i learned that from reading roger ebert's re- film review you know he did and he whenever a, i say that people are like oh he was so mean he was yeah, yeah. well he was a syndicated <laughs> just a know, literary technique but he well was he was syndicated in the newspapers and you would yeah. read his stuff and it would be yeah, entertaining exactly. but yeah, yeah. you know he was a shill for certain movies or studios oh absolutely I mean, you know i remember but, when he uh he was talking about um uh, he saw Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth, mm-hmm. and he immediately went home and turned all the lights off in his house because he didn't want to use electricity or something like that. Yeah, while well, Al Gore is you know promoting biomass exactly. electricity. Down Al Gore's trees. going home to his mansion and turning every light on. Yeah, oh man, that guy, what a hypocrite! But the, um, I mean, probably the worst hypocrite. You know, well, a lot of people don't know if you watch um, uh, Planet of the Humans, you know, Michael Moore movie. The whole yeah. thing is. You know, it's very impactful. I was surprised by, you know, how that movie went. Did you watch yeah. it? You know, I, I've seen bits of it. I, I really should watch it. You I should. The I, thing, I really I, got a I know lot the gist out of it. it. And it's so it's so important because there is a real environmental movement and real environmentalists. If they really knew what the people who are selling this greenwashing nonsense really believe and really are doing, yeah, they're oil they wouldn't be in support of it. You know, they were trying right. to get rid of nuclear energy as being competition. That was the whole point. 
You know, yeah. then you then you got Al Gore coming out. Yeah, we get biomass. You're thinking they're burning trash. No, they yeah. go in clear cut forest and they're burning trees to make electricity. Exactly. I go. Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me? And this yeah. you just, just want to backhand these people. Greta, get over here. I want to slap you. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. Anyway. We we've gone way over time here. I yeah, go. I know. I've tried to suck you into more. You know, <laughs> this is you know. Thank you for you know just being a good friend. I have really you know I've come to enjoy our conversations. It's it's more therapy for me oftentimes mm. than a lot of things. Yeah. And, and me too. Just, I appreciate it. Yeah, and we just brainstorm and. A lot of times we're inspired to do things, you know. Speaking of which, I'm not going to let you forget Corbett in the classroom. We got to do something with that idea someday. You know, remember there was, we talked about that months ago. Yeah, I remember <laughs> it was Stossel in the classroom, and then we get yeah. Corbett in the classroom. <laughs> and I'm thinking, um, you know, how we did it because this is the, the, the libertarian movement was, uh, you know, because Stossel was supposed to be, you know, this big Cato libertarian kind of guy, right? So we were pushing, and my kids went to private school, so it's kind of yeah, Stossel in the classroom. There was curriculum we'd throw. We still have, you know, DVD duplicators that we can do, but I mean, you know, now it's just you know files. So mm. I'm wondering, and how we did it before is we did a, an email and a letter campaign to schools, and we would pick certain classes like social studies or something, because a lot of these guys are lazy. They're just looking for curriculum to do with whatever. Back when teachers used to have freedom to you know pick, you know, now it's just you know you have to you know propaganda de jure from the Nazi regime of whatever. But the um, uh, yeah, but I think. It probably would be more of a homeschool outside of the government mm. just to make fun I of them, so. yeah. more like a Gatto yeah. kind of thing. So this might be something yeah. Grove would be, you know, part of. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, and then to think about we have, anyway. two, we have yeah. writers: Brittany Schaefer, David Rodriguez in the newspaper. We have you know other people that we know on this. Corbett in the classroom. You're up for it, you know. When you're ready to, you want to curate a little bit, I'm in, man. And I already know the people that would jump up and down, even at the end. You know, his whole thing is about the classroom. You know, we get, yeah. you know, I think, man, we're yeah. already half done. We just did it in 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, we, we got something. We can do something here. Cool. Yeah, All right, awesome. That, well, Ernie, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for lighting the fire oh, under a lot of people's butts. Yeah, this has been so, you're so inspiring to me. And I just want to, you know, tell you how much I appreciate you being, you know, just you know, paying attention to what we're doing. And and there was a lot of other people over the years that we've had that kind of impact through different authors and so on that I can name. But what they, all the things that they talk about, it's always inspiring to them to see somebody actually doing it on the street. You know, they give an example. See? Here's somebody doing it and the impact that they have. Well, you have the audience and you can articulate it much better than me. I'm a street actor. A lot of times the reason I do the show and do all this kind of stuff is, you know, to emphasize that because, you know, who else is going to do it? It's not going to be associated press. You know? So, but there are a lot of people out there and Freedom's Phoenix time is coming. And it's been more and more powerful that we can support people like you. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com. Thanks, brother. Peace. Thank you.